0: Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Hey there. First of all, I just want to say thank you for listening to this podcast, I know I'm still learning, and hopefully I'll get better and better as time goes on and I'm doing this crazy seventy day challenge. Uh, but I just want to say thank you, I appreciate you, uh, in the words of Ted Lasso, I appreciate you, okay, so today we're going to talk about story goals, so when you're setting out to write a story, which it can be a short story, a novella, a novel. Uh, an epic trilogy, whatever. You need to think about the future of this story after you know you've done all the hard work of writing it and then publishing it and then marketing it. Uh, what do you hope will happen? And that's something that I try to do for each one of my projects. I put all the work in, but before I start that, I think what are the goals for the story? What do I want to see achieved through this? Uh, you know, and that's not just financial goals. And in fact, very rarely for me does it have to do with financial goals. You know, I I hope that at some point if I keep working this hard that I will make money, make more consistent income from my books. But for now, I'm I'm happy to write stories with the goal of not solely being financial. And that's something that you have to decide for yourself as well. Uh, But there are other kinds of goals we don't really talk about when we think about our art and when we think about our writing. And one of the goals that a lot of people have is fame. And I've talked about the three aspects of personhood before on this podcast, uh, which I will give all the credit to that for Dr. Diane Langberg. She's the one who thought of it and like communicated it. So I appreciate her and she's made a huge impact uh, in my life. But I want to evaluate that from an artistic standpoint, because for artists, the top tier of success is usually fame. And what that means is that when your voice goes out or your art goes out, that it's consumed by a huge amount of people to the point where It's hard to even be by yourself. Like, for example, uh, if you were to be outside and you saw an actor, you know, you would see people go up to them and ask them for pictures and ask them questions and give them high fives, da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, okay, pre-COVID, give high fives. Now you would hope that people are not high-fiving it up, right? So when we think about, like, the highest we can go, the most successful we can be. We think about fame, and we think about having the ability to share our art with so many people and for it to be profitable. Uh, But why is that the highest goal? Why is that something that a lot of people feel that unless they do that, they failed? And I would say that it's a distortion of the aspect of personhood that relates to voice, Because when you're satisfied and you have healthy human relationships, you no longer feel that intense need to have other people hear your voice and validate it. So if your goal for your story is to achieve fame, I don't think that that's a very realistic goal. And I don't think that that's the kind of goal that even if you achieve it, you will feel satisfied. Because it's kind of a hollow one. I mean, even uh, a lot of people who want to be rich they get the money right and then they're like oh miserable and i watched one of my family members go through that and it didn't go out it didn't it didn't fulfill them the way that they thought it would and they were still miserable and they still had this mess of a life the money didn't fix it so why do we think that being able to project our voices uh, in such a, a wide array or that fame will fix the problems that we feel And that will make us feel like our life has worth. And we talked about this a little bit uh, in the episode where we talk about how feeling worthless affects our art. Uh, But we need to talk about it again, because if that's one of the goals of our story, then I don't think we're writing for the right reason. Or I don't think that we're setting a story goal that can be fulfilled in most cases. You know, we all know the success stories, right? But then... The success fades and like the fame fades. If you think about Veronica Roth, I get like a message almost every day from Goodreads that's like, hey, Veronica Roth put notes on Divergent or Allegiant and da 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 da. And I'm just like, no, I don't care. I, no offense, Veronica Roth, if you ever listen to this, I doubt you will. But I think that Veronica had a really good idea. And she wrote the first book and she wasn't really sure where the series was going. And everybody loved the first book, myself included. I was totally in for the ride. And then it just ended in like a meh. Or if I'm being honest, it ended in a I can't believe you did this sort of way. Like this ruined the whole first part of the story. I really wasn't convinced that the third book even belonged in the series. Like, to me, it just retroactively ruined everything, which was a huge bummer and a big letdown. But, you know, like, she had a really good idea. She had an international bestseller. It got made into a film. Uh, You know, the other books got made into films, too. They weren't that successful. You know, you could talk about this all day long, but I don't think that fame as a story goal is something that we want, because even bad stories can be famous. Uh, I hate to bring up Fifty Shades of Grey, and I won't go any further into detail about that, but, you know, my writing group in Greece, we did a, we just looked at it, right? We were like, let's see what kind of writing this is. It's bad writing. It's not good writing. It's not sophisticated. It's not reasonable. It gives a false impression of what consent is, which is really irritating to me uh, as someone who is a champion for rights of human beings against human trafficking. So that infuriates me. But it's just not, you know, as, as much as people like the story, that doesn't mean that it's a good story. I don't think it's a good story, uh, personally, and feel free to argue with me about that. But you're not going to change my mind because of all the things I just I just previously mentioned. I mean, I'm open to having my mind changed. But uh, in this case, I feel like Uh, the way that it represents, consent is too damaging for it to be considered a good story. So, you know, that success is not the ultimate measuring stick. And we have to think about what goals then do we have for our stories? And if our goal is not fame, then what is it? And I think this is where we need to delineate between storytellers and authors. Because you know, I consider myself a storyteller. Uh, I'm constantly trying to convince you that what you want to be is not actually a writer. It's a storyteller who writes, right? Because a writer is not automatically a storyteller. But when you share a story with someone that means something to you, uh, that creates a lasting impression. For example, in Judy Bloom's book, In the Unlikely Event... You know, a lot of that story is based on a true thing that happened in her hometown where three planes crashed within a very small period of time. And also there are a lot of emotions in there that she's felt personally because, you know, like one of the big topics is divorce and she's been divorced and she watched her kids go through that. And she talks about that in her master class, which is amazing, by the way, if you haven't listened to it. She made me cry so many times, and I just love her. If I ever get a chance to go to her bookshop in Florida, I definitely am doing that. Uh, But so her her goal with sharing that story was to, to tell a story using her expensive words, using her difficult experiences, and that really comes through on every page. And no matter whether or not it became a bestseller, I feel like she was probably really satisfied with it. And of course, it did become a bestseller because it's awesome and you should read it if you haven't read it. Um, but, you know, I think that's where we need to have confidence going into the storytelling game. Because if you're writing from a place where you're seeking validation, you can't really afford to use expensive words because all of your motivations are fear based. Uh, if I'm going to write a story and I'm like, well, This story is going to prove to the world that I'm not as worthless as they all thought I was. That's, uh, first of all, how do you measure that? Uh, You can't measure that sort of thing with money or book sales. And secondly, I'm not going to actually be able to feel brave enough or, uh, you know, secure enough in my own emotional state to use words that actually mean something to me. Because if I'm so afraid that everything I write is going to be used to validate my existence, then I might as well not write at all. And that thought is chilling to me because I love to write. Even though I don't love to write everything, I love to write some things. (laughs) Uh, And we're going to talk more about that in another episode, how Writing can be like any other job in that there are parts you will like and there are parts you will hate and you have to get through the parts you hate in order to do the things that you love to do within the realm of writing. But when you're afraid, you're mentally blocking yourself from using your own experiences to reach into the lives of others. And I know, okay, I know it's hard to be brave. It's hard for me to be brave. Maybe you think, oh, this lady, she's white. I do acknowledge that, and I'm doing my best to help people who don't have that. Uh, But, you know, I I am also a woman, and that means that I get looked at in a different way. That's why I need to have a pen name for my time travel survival slash ex-police officer series is because I know that if I put my name, which is Kristen Spencer, on the book, that a lot of men will just dismiss it outright because I'm a woman. And that feeling sucks. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to understand where people who are even less privileged than I am are coming from. Uh, but, you know, I, I also have feelings. I also have insecurities. But I'm working hard all the time to push through those because I know that the more I put of my own feelings and myself out there in my writing the more meaningful that my writing is going to be, and the more successful my storytelling is. And for me, I count success as being able to connect with readers. Uh, If you're my friend or you're in my writing group, I'm sure you're tired of hearing me say this, but the ultimate success of a writer is to be able to make the reader feel the way that they want the reader to feel, whether that's good or bad. And that's something that I wanted to explore in my Plunge into Darkness series. And you can see uh, if you go and read any of the reviews on Plunge into Darkness, the first book, the other two books are not out yet, uh, then you'll see that people are like, I had a hard time reading this book, but I'm glad I did. Or I loved this book, but I would never read it again, because it makes the reader feel extremely uncomfortable because it deals with the idea of human trafficking, which you know, full circle back from where I brought up Fifty Shades of Grey. But it's it's something that's difficult to read. It was difficult for me to write it. Uh, I get very depressed when I go into that place where I'm writing in that world, because to me, it seems so wicked, but it actually represents the wickedness in the world that we're living in right now. So it's like a very real place for me to be. And Uh, being inundated with all of the constant evil and writing about it is difficult, but I also get to write about resisting that evil and that's inspiring. And those books take a lot out of me. When I finally published Plunge into Darkness and I got those reviews of like, this was hard to read, but I'm glad I read it or I loved it, I wouldn't read it again. I was glad because I knew I had done the thing that I wanted. I had made the reader feel The way I wanted them to feel through storytelling, and maybe I was able to open their eyes a little bit to understand what it might be like for someone who has been treated as an object instead of as a soul. And that's a theme that I love exploring. So I'm probably going to be exploring it in a Time Portal book that I'm writing right now, even though, you know, it's supposed to be a time travel adventure. I love those ideas and themes, and those are the things that are really valuable to me and they motivate me to be a better storyteller. So they kind of sneak their ways into all of my books, the idea of uh, injustice and is it just if you know the injustice is happening, but you don't do anything about it. And that's, that's a topic that has come up a lot lately. Um, my husband and I were watching a sermon by Tim Keller about corporate evil in which he addresses the idea of racism and ignoring racism. And it's really good. Uh, If you like listening to that sort of thing, you should check it out. Tim Keller, Corporate Evil, just type that into Google. But you know, it's something that matters to me and that's what you have to find. If you want to write successful stories, you have to figure out what themes matter to you, what stories you wanna tell, what feelings you want to give the reader. And then you won't have to worry about feeling like a failure when your book doesn't sell as much because you know that the goal of your story was to reach people and touch their hearts about this thing that matters to to you. The way that we set up our goals from the very beginning for our story will determine the outcome we feel when we're finished and we've done everything. And we don't need to make these decisions based in fear because we're not writing for validation. We're writing to embolden people who have gone through what we've gone through or to bring up something to others so that they can be as passionate about it as we are. And that's why we tell stories. We're trying to change the world one story at a time. And that is the goal of the Academy of Storytelling. And I remember when I was talking to Maria about it for the very first time, I said, does this sound like too crazy? do we really think that we can change the world by using storytelling? And she's like, it doesn't sound too crazy to me. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that's the whole reason I'm in the writing game. I want to change the world one story at a time because there have been so many important stories in my life that have changed the way that I look at things or that have encouraged me to keep trying when I wanted to give up. Uh, And I'm getting a little teary-eyed talking about this, but... You know, for me, stories are, they are of an immeasurable value in my life. I can't imagine what I would be like if I hadn't been touched by all these stories. And so that's what I'm seeking to do. That's what I hope you're brave enough to do. And I really appreciate you, once again, listening to this podcast. And I hope that you will be able to establish story goals based on being brave instead of based on being afraid. From now on, this has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to ExpensiveWords.com or you can find me on Instagram at Kristen.N.Spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. writing.